0: Please turn in your New Testaments to 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. And this is the very Word of God. There's the Word of lots of people. This is God's Word and God's Word for us right now. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Let me read that again. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. You know, someone has said that the, uh, the only uh, constant thing in this world is change and uh you know when people say things like that we kind of get it in our experience uh we we know exactly why somebody would feel that way um, life is uh very multifaceted and there are lots of moving pieces in life in a fallen world we're constantly challenged with change we're constantly challenged with the things that people do what they should have done what they shouldn't have done what they said that they shouldn't have said what they should have said and all this is just flowing and and bumping together in a fallen world and it just kind of feels like there's a a a a relentless flow uh, of change and things happening we get slighted we get hurt that's just the way the world is, not to mention how we get disappointed with ourselves and, and our selfishness and our sin and our folly and the, just the fatigue of, of all of the above in a fallen world that things are constantly in flux, you know? Even our own hearts are in flux. You know, it was always hard for me when, when, when my girls were, were little. It was always hard for me to think about the day that they would kind of be launched out into the big bad world. I mean, it's a wonderful world too. Don't get me wrong because God made it and uh, we're made in his image. But I, I thought, man, one day they're going to be, they're going to be out there in this, in this big bad world. And for those of you who are younger and in your child raising years, it does go fast. They're gone. They're launched. We used to could protect them from a whole lot. At least we had the illusion of being able to protect them from a whole lot. We still desperately try to protect them from at least some things. But, you know, it's, it's real. And, and they found out uh, that things change. And they have found out that you can't always count on what you thought you could count on. And, and all those things we talked about um, a moment ago. You know, for a believer in Jesus, in this world of change, there are other things that are wondrously unchanging. And this is the good news to you and to me this morning. God doesn't change. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, in the gospel, in the the good news, in the grace of God, God shows us this once and for all sacrifice that has happened, it is finished, and now His love is upon us and permanent and cannot be moved. In fact, you know, in God's grace, the wonderful thing is, remember I mentioned we're kind of in flux too? The wonderful thing is, is that God's love is fixed. There is one monument that has been erected to the love of Jesus and that is the cross and it is real and it does it not change. It is not contingent upon me and you. He is there. He is with us. He is Emmanuel. He is for us. Isn't that good news? In a changing world that God changes not. His love changeth not. You can count on Him. You can count on His love. You can count on His care. You can count on His provision. You can count on His word. You can count on His promises. You can count on His grace and His arms holding you up, never letting you go. And there are always hard things in life. And there are always these two, the, the reality of a constantly shifting, challenging, changing world, world and a constantly shifting a human heart within us. And, and when you put all that together, that's a lot of shifting. And that's a reality. And the greater reality of God's sovereign control and His unmovable love in our lives. His unmovable love. I don't know if you feel like things are a little bit unmoored right now. I don't know if you feel like things are kind of breaking loose. I don't know if you feel like things are kind of, uh, un- unharnessed in a sense within your, your own soul and, and, and need to be reined in to the love of God. If things are really insecure, if things are going bump in the night, I want you to know God's love is, un- is as unmovable as His person. This is wonderful. And and in these few little verses, in kind of staccato fashion, you know, I just repeated that, Paul gives us three directives on what it looks like to live in this unmovable love of God. And they are as follows. You can write these down. God, God is saying, and I'm kind of coining this, and I'll explain it with the text, stay convinced, stay convinced, stay connected... And stay current, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus, for you to stay convinced, to stay connected, and stay current. And I want to begin with this notion of of what we're convinced about and why that matters in a shifting and changing world. Stay convinced. Verse 16, rejoice always. Or as some of the other translations put it, be joyful always. That's kind of a tall order, isn't it? Be joyful always. You know, there are a lot of things that can change the mood that I am in or the mood that you are in because things happen. Things don't always go my way. Things don't always go your way. And uh, it would be interesting to see our mood just in 24 hours graft. You know, on a, on a paper graph and, and what our mood looks like just in 24 hours alone. And, and look, uh, we don't have to be people that are hap, hap, happy all the time, time, time. You don't have to do that. Uh, we don't, we don't have to pretend that we're happy when we're disappointed or when, or, or when we're frustrated or when we're grieving. You know, people that put pressure on you to be happy all the time drive me crazy. Drive me crazy. Uh, because feeling happy is kind of a response to what's going on in your life. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not down on happiness. I would, I like happiness better than its alternative, unhappiness. But, but being happy, um, it's a happy thing. But it's fleeting. Have you ever noticed in that graph you just don't stay happy? In a multifaceted life with multifaceted emotions, we're going to be all over the highway. This thing, J-O-Y, this thing, joy, is not identical to what the modern conception of happiness is. In fact, you know, when... When parents say to their children, I just want my children to be happy. Stop saying that. Because you shouldn't want, you should, can't make your children happy. You can't make your children happy for four hours. And to have as your life goal for your children, for your ch- children to be happy all the time would be to kind of take control of the universe and begin to spin it on an axis to where everything happens the way they want it to happen. And it's not going to happen that way. Now, joy is something deeper. This thing called Christian joy, it is not fleeting. Joy is at the core of who we are. Joy comes from our relationship with God. Joy, you see, is not about what's happening. It's about who we are based on, see the table, what has happened and what it means right now in our lives. we Joy is rooted in truth. Before it's rooted in experience. And we experience joy. And sometimes off of joy we even feel happy. You know, that's good. By the way, I'm not saying happiness is bad. May you be happy. Especially while I'm preaching. Be happy, okay? Look, here's the thing. I don't know what's going on in a shifting world. In your life. But we are to be convinced. That we belong to Him. And He's different. And He's the Lord God. And He is the self-sacrificing Lamb of God who loves us. And this matters. We are convinced that not only is He that God who has made that sacrifice, but He is working all things to our good. Who loves us according to his purpose you see joy really isn't just a function of what's happening to me it really is who i am with god i want you to i want to i want to give you an illustration of this i want you to think about the the earth can you see the earth the sphere you know like the earth okay i want you to think about right now what's going on on the surface of the earth and I want you to think about what's going on down deep in the core of the earth. On the surface of the earth, we have this thing called weather. And it is constantly changing. And it can be brutal. It can beat you to death. Even Jesus told that parable about the house founded on the rock and about the house not founded on jesus not founded on truth and grace and the rains came and the winds beat upon that house and great was the fall of it weather is what's going on on the core i'm gonna tell you it's just what it is it's very consistent the whole model i mean the kind of the core of things matters doesn't it whether it's a golf ball the core matters or whether it's the earth The core matters. It's a whole lot different at the core than on the surface. It's not changing in the same way at the core. The man on the surface, in our lives, there are all kinds of things happening right here in our lives. Two feet on the ground on the surface. I mean, there are ups and there are downs. There are shocking things. There are disappointing things. There are grinding things. There are all kinds of things happening. There is all kind of weather. There is emotional drought. There is hurricane-sized challenges. We get blown around, and there's all kind of responses that we could have to the weather of a fallen world right here where we live. But at the core of our lives in Jesus, it can be different. Because the core is settled. It is finished. This is my body given to you. This is my blood already shed for you. This is my love that will not change. I am the Lord God. This is amazing. This is a settled, eternal relationship secured by God. On the cross, the core of God's grace is always there, regardless of the weather. So, what's the point? The point is for me and for you to take our cues not from the weather as much as the core we need for the grace of God, the reality of God's love to inform our lives. We need for the truth of whose we are, what he has done, what it means to speak to what is going on in the surface. We need the glasses of the gospel to be able to interpret the weather. I and mean, we're going to struggle with the weather, okay? But, but woe betide the person who is not, does not have the core. It is to let my settled convictions about God's grace be the last voice in all of these things that are happening. I am convinced, I'm convinced Christ has done this for me and he is mine. And joy is deep down. You know, we learn in Ephesians, uh, Galatians 5.22 that joy is one of the fruits of the Spirit. Meaning that joy is not something you've got to work up. That's kind of like happiness. Come on, be happy. Now, joy is something that, that God gives. It's the fruit of the grace of God in our lives, the Spirit of God alive in our lives, bringing joy out of this settled core that is real. It is not something we have to work up. And you know what's great is, no matter what's happening, as we are convinced As we speak the reality of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our hearts right now, that has an overriding capacity. What is it to be going through gale-force winds on the surface and for the grace of the core to be able to secure you in the middle of that gale? We're going to be flapping in the breeze, Lord knows where we're going to get blown to, without the core informing us. Joy, the ability to live in this world while knowing God and knowing that love and, and being informed. This, this comes from being convinced of the gospel in our lives. Paul certainly had a lot of bad weather in his life. You know, you 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 hear that list of what happened to him. He was beaten with rods. He was stoned and left for dead. He was shipwrecked and and all this stuff. I mean, his countrymen, the Jews, wanted to kill him. The Romans imprisoned him. I mean, this isn't what we would call a charmed life. Every time he turned around, somebody's trying to, to kill the guy. And yet... We see in Philippians, what does he do? Right there in the prison. He is singing with joy. There's something down deeper that is overriding what has happened. The jailer in Philippi literally doesn't know what to do with it. Why are you filled with it? What is this you're filled with? Why are you singing joyful songs in the midst of your trials? And the answer is because my life is informed by the core, by the gospel, and not the weather. The Thessalonian church, you know, this little band of, of pagans, this little band of idol worshipers, fearful idol worshipers that, that Paul walked into town and, and he and his, his group began to preach this gospel of a God that you don't sacrifice to this God with fear that, that he's going to get you if you don't sacrifice. No, this God sacrificed himself for you. This God loves you. This isn't snake oil. Nobody's selling anything with Christianity. God is giving it all. Why you can trust God? Because this isn't something you do to get something. This is not a transaction. This is the self-sacrifice of God for you because He loves you. You can trust God because He is a dying Savior. A sacrificed Savior. And that is what they heard. And that is what they responded to. And you know what? One of the reasons that Paul is saying rejoice always, stay convinced of the gospel, and let that bring joy is because these people were enduring riots. They were enduring persecution. Some of them had been beaten. I mean, this, this, this was a difficult time for this group of believers. You might put it this way. This kind of joy, rejoice always, that comes from the gospel of being convinced, it's kind of an independent joy. This is, a good, oh, this is where independence is good. You know, it's not, it's not what you would assume. It's not what, what everybody would tell you, uh, you know, uh, that, that you ought to be like. This is, this, is kind of, this is kind of going up the stream. This is something surprising. This is very independent. It, this is something you can't do on your own. You can't go through hell and have joy without God. 2 Corinthians 6.10 says, Paul says, We are sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Look at that. Do you see that? We are sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. How do those go together? They don't. They don't without Jesus. They do with Jesus living in a world filled with bad weather and hard weather and good weather while having the joy that comes from being convinced And letting the grace of God inform and speak to our lives. What is going on in your life right now that is trying to steal your joy? Don't let it. Come back down. Roots down. Tap roots down into the gospel with me today. Come to the table. Come and eat and drink. Today, what is it that's trying to steal your joy? Who is it that's trying to steal your Don't let him. Don't let her. Don't. You are not at the mercy in terms of your joy of other people in your life or circumstances, finally, because this is an independent joy. This is a joy based on it is finished and it will always be finished and we have been given everything And we have God who is with us and for us. So first, stay convinced in a world that's changing. Therefore, we can be joyful always. Isn't that great? Secondly, stay connected. Everything we're talking about this morning kind of comes back to just a, a dynamic living relationship with God. Stay connected. Verse 17, pray without ceasing or pray always pray without ceasing now i don't mean to suggest that we can lose our connection with god in the way in like in the way of losing salvation no you can't we're not going to be disconnected from god in in, in such a way what I, what i mean is the strength of a daily walk with god staying connected simply means remaining focused on him and dependent upon him And acknowledging my need for Him in a fallen world where I am not, not up to all these challenges in a fallen world. I assure you. And neither are you. You're not supposed to be. It is through our weakness that God meets us with His strength. This whole thing is set up this way. That we need to walk with God. It's not just that we should walk with God. We need to walk with God. We need to walk with one another because we don't have it within ourselves. Stay connected. Um, I want you to think for a moment. Illustrations are awful because in the, they all kind of break down, you know, um, when you're illustrating things about God. But I'm going to give you a, a rather weak one that might help you, all right? Or it might just ruin your spiritual life. I'm not sure which, but we'll give it a try. So I want you to think for a moment about about a prayer, like in terms of, of being on the phone. Like stay connected, all right? And uh, often we 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 dial up God, so to speak, and we have a little prayer during the day. We might have a little prayer during our devotion time. Maybe we'll get on the phone with God just like before our meal. We'll, you know, kind of have a little conversation with God. Um, and then we hang up. Pray continually means you don't hang up. Pray continually means you acknowledge that because of what Jesus has done, he is with us. He is there. Just as those guys rafting down the Chatuga River in the raft in the middle of some changing circumstances right now, and they are with one another, I want you to know, just like they can reach out and touch those people, I want you to know, in a changing world, God is with us. Just that, every bit as much as the person right next to somebody in a raft on the Chautuga River right now. Do you understand that? God's with us. God is here, and we need to have a sense that we acknowledge His love And there's that joy, but also we acknowledge our need for Him in His presence. God has what we need. So why don't we consider, instead of hanging up, uh, that prayer is kind of a portable speakerphone that we kind of take all day with us. Or Christ is a friend who is with you all day. Pray continually simply means that we live in actual ongoing dependence on God. Otherwise, it kind of looks like this functionally. You know, like God is like an emergency go-to person. That's kind of like, if y'all ever walked on the walking trails over at Liberty Park, they've got these little telephone sticks about every 300 yards. I guess that was put in before cell phones. I don't know. Like if somebody's trying to beat you up, you can run to the telephone stick and hit, you know, it calls 911. I guess you say, Hey, I'm getting beat up at the third stick in Liberty Park. I don't know what you do, but, but prayer, <laughs> prayer's not like one of those telephone sticks. Now, like, oh man, I can handle this. Oh man, I can't handle it. Telephone stick. I'm at the third stick, God. Hang up. <laughs> no. You understand, this whole thing is that the God of the universe has made us His son and His daughter. Hey, this, is, this isn't just an emergency go-to person. This is our Father. This is the one who is always with us. This is the one who loves us. And, and I'm not saying you've got to say words to God all day long. I'm, I'm saying this is kind of like a heart that just needs God. Um... And sometimes it's just a heart, and this is this is interesting to think about, that just kind of is happy that God is there, and acknowledge that God is there. You know, I, I love to spend time with Gina, my wife, and we have a lot to talk about because there are a lot of things that mean a lot, and there are people that mean a lot to uh, like our children. And there are a lot of things that mean a lot to both of us, and and we mean a lot to one another. But I'm gonna tell you, there's something nice too. Just about her being there. You know, even if it's not talky-talky. How much more? Just knowing God is there. And living our lives with all this weather going on. And, and the, the, the joy uh, of the gospel coming up, bubbling up informing our life. And, and the presence. Just staying connected. Uh, living in acknowledgement of God. So, um, we need to uh, let the core inform us and that is joy stay convinced we need to live like god is there why because he's there and that makes a difference and we're his stay stay connected so stay convinced stay connected and then thirdly stay current verse 18 give thanks in all circumstances Whoa, did he just say give thanks in all circumstances? Yes, he did. Notice this does not say give thanks for all circumstances. Although in the bigger picture, we will do that. God's sovereignty is good, even in the the things we deem to be bad. But don't you love that this says give thanks in all circumstances? Meaning in the middle of these circumstances in a relationship with god in the circumstances again we're we're kind of back to the reality of christ in us the hope of glory the reality of the holy spirit bringing the gospel to bear in our lives this is in the middle of those circumstances we can give thanks in those circumstances you know uh was teaching a, I teach a men's Bible study at uh, 6.30 on Friday mornings. And we were talking about, we, we've been looking at God's sovereignty. And uh, this week we are talking about how um, Joseph, the, the one in Genesis, was sold into slavery. You know, and we, we talked about his whole story. And, and you know the punchline, right, in Joseph's life and you know his brother sold him into slavery and then he got a good job down there a good job as a slave i mean he was promoted within potiphar's household then he was thrown into jail because the potiphar's wife tried to had designs on him and he, maybe you know that story i won't go into it and and then he was in prison and then he interpreted a dream and And the baker and the cupbearer got out of prison. One of them died. One of them got back in the presence of the king. Remember me. Help me. They forgot him and he just rotted in prison forever. And then finally, Pharaoh had a dream and he interpreted Pharaoh's dream. Pharaoh noticed, just as Potiphar did, just as the guards in the prison. Man, whatever this guy does, he does it really well and it kind of prospers. And next thing you know, he's in charge of administrating this dream of the good years and then the famine. To come and just so happens in the bigger picture of God's providence and His sovereignty that a f- massive famine hits the land and all His relatives up in, in the land of Canaan are going to die. And you know, the only reason they don't die, the only reason is because Joseph was sold into slavery, blah, 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 all this, and Joseph's in charge of all the grain in Egypt. And God uses him to save his own family as well as the Jewish people from starvation. Here's the punchline when he reveals to his brothers, you know, because he looks like an Egyptian. You know, I, I've seen the movie, you know, with the hair and all that. He says, what you meant for evil, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. God is at work in our circumstances. y'all believe that? God loves us in the middle of a fallen world. And we can stay current with God. You know, we can thank God in the midst. We can thank God simply that God is there. If you can't find something to thank God about, it's okay. Maybe you hadn't been able to put your arms around that enough to do that. But you can thank God that He's there. And that He loves you. Stay current. It is great. You know, every Thanksgiving we say, now Thanksgiving we're going to remember all God's blessings for us. That's great. And we're going to remember today. But you know what's really great? It's like thanking God in real time because you actually believe He's sovereign and He loves you. You actually know He's there. You actually know He cares for you. You actually know that He is working through those circumstances even though you can't see it. Stay current. This is about a relationship with God. When we are in difficulty, we can say in our hearts, thank you, Father, that you are here. Thank you that you are at work. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you are moving right now. Help me. And when something good happens, at least our definition of good, we can say thank you, Lord, for your kindness and your love and for this great thing that happened. You know, it's, it's interesting to be able to say thank you that you're there when it's tough. It's tough. And you're moving, and I don't understand it, but I want to thank you that you're there, and I know you love me. Uh, And then we don't even remember sometimes to thank God when, when things that we really like happen. Wouldn't it be great to walk with God, be informed by the core, have a kind of joy that is more sturdy, to be able to actually live like God is there, and to be able to actually relate those circumstances back to him with gratitude for his presence and his work in real time? That would be like a relationship in real time. How cool would that be? That's what God has for you and for me. He has a relationship. So stay connected, joy. Stay or stay convinced, joy. Stay connected, prayer. Stay current. Give thanks in real time. Then finally, verse 18. For this, this is only God's will for you in Christ Jesus. God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In Christ the gospel in the love of God that is permanent and that is now Um, it is God's will for us to reinforce this grace now and I'm so glad we are having the Lord's Supper while we're looking at this particular passage Um, it is God's will for you to experience a, a deeper kind of core joy, connection with him and real time thankfulness These are not the attainments of upper-level Christians. Enough of all this upper-level Christian stuff. No, this is not for a mature few. This is God's will for me. This is God's will for you to know and be convinced of this love, to live like he's there, and to relate in real time to him. In a world of constant change and challenge, there is something that never changes. God never changes. And His love never changes. It is finished. It is given. Maybe we could put it this way. God's grace is always. And a relationship with Jesus. You ready for this? God's grace is always. You got that? A relationship with Jesus is always now. Always could mean he'll just always he'll be there for you. You know, like we tell people, there's anything I can do for you, I'm always there for you. But maybe we won't let him do anything for people. No. God's grace is always. A relationship with Jesus is always now. And one day, our fallen world is going to give way to a new heaven and a new earth where it will all be about being convinced and praising the lamb because we see him face to face, staying connected and worshiping him with joy and being able in real time to serve God in his presence forever. The table before us now Jesus himself set for us. He is inviting us to this table, and I want you to think about this table in terms of three things that Jesus gave us this table because He wanted us to stay convinced. You get that? We forget. He's saying, hold it. You you having a hard time remembering? I I came in a body. I came as a person. I died. Hold it. Drink it. Let your taste buds discern it. Let let your hands and your mouth feel it because that's how real our salvation is came to us um stay convinced and and stay connected you know jesus gave us this because we do kind of forget we we do um begin to live on our own without christ in the middle and this supper just just says hey you know what let's stay connected this is communion this is participation with jesus who is raised he'll be with you in this supper you know you can pour your heart out to jesus when we when we distribute the elements in a moment, we're not gonna wait, you don't have to worry about the timing of eating and drinking. Just receive the elements and just talk to God. Maybe you want to praise God. There'll be there'll be song available, you don't have to sing. But but Christ wanted us to stay connected in an intimate way, and this will be a great time to stay current and to actually look at your life and in real time give thanks. Are you ready? To go to the table, let's pray. Lord, we pray that you would bless for this is the will of God for us in Christ Jesus. And thank you that the death and burial and resurrection of Christ Jesus will be tangibly, touchably real as you are spiritually here. Help us to feed upon you in faith. In Jesus' name, amen.